Progressive presents The Sounds of the Old World. The year is 2019, and someone is waiting for the previews to start in a movie theater. Hey, you want anything? Popcorn? Soda? No, nothing? This has been The Sounds of the Old World. Brought to you by Progressive, where drivers can still switch and save like it's 2019. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Hey, what do you want to da da da? I don't know. What do y'all think we should da da da? Well, what did we da yesterday? Hmm, yesterday. All the dolls feel like the same doll these days. I know. Like, is today Monday or Tuesday? Today is Thursday. Oh, no, I forgot to call my mom on her birthday. Oh, no. No. These days, nothing is normal and everything is weird. But you could still save big when you switch to Progressive. That won't change. Not to da or any da. Quote to da at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Hey guys, it's Iris. I am alone again today, but I have a guest joining us, one of my oldest friends. I've been friends with her for 20 years, and she is here to talk to us about her weight loss journey. <laughs> Hi, Anaja. Hey, hey, girl. You're literally one of my smartest friends, and I swear to God, that was so hard for you to figure out how to log into this. There were many steps, many steps, and I do not think you gave me adequate instructions, so I hold you accountable. Okay, like honestly and truly. I feel like that's such the way of things. You are like the smartest person, and, and you know, I just question you. But anyway, how are you doing? Yeah. You know, I'm really enjoying this here winter break. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm doing wonderful. How about you? I'm great. So this is like, you've never been on this podcast before. You probably have never even listened to this podcast. <clears throat> that's is that accurate? That, that sounds possible. Yeah. Oh my that's goodness. True. Okay. Well, you're missing out. It's great. We talk about you all the time. Um, so oh, Anasha is one of my oldest friends. She is very flaky and, you know, it's just really hard to nail her down. Wow. But look at it. Like you have arrived and you're here and I'm just going to be excited about it. Let's be excited. But I'm, those, those are inaccuracies and I just think you shouldn't characterize me that way. But I think that anyone who listens to this that knows you would know that that's true. Okay. Well, we'll let them be the judge. Okay, so tell us everything about you. What do we need to know? That is the most open-ended, unfair question I've ever been asked. No, so, like, the way this podcast works is it's basically the premise is that, like, it's called Girl, We Have to Talk, and it's about, like, girlfriends connecting. So, like, everybody who listens to this is our girlfriend or our guy friend. Hey, y'all. Exactly. And so, like, you're a new friend. So, like, introduce yourself. Like, they don't know you. Okay. Hey, friends. This is Anaja. Um, I was born and raised here on the south side of Chicago. Um, and, you know, that's a big part of my identity. Okay. Um, um, what else is true about me? I am the oldest of two. So I have a little sister, Marshana, who's two years younger um, in the light of my life. Um, I'm 32, but turning 33 at the end of January. I was going to queer... say, like, oh, my God, we're like the same age right now. Yeah, just, you know, for a short amount of time. But I'm an Aquarian. So that says a lot about me. I'm an Enneagram 3. So that also says a lot about me. Um when it's not COVID, I like to go out to eat, drink wine, hang out with friends, go shopping, even if it's just like browsing with your eyes. I, I do it. really enjoy shopping. Um, 
and I love to sing. That's been a big part of my life as well. So I um, work in education nonprofit. I love to sing. No, I've but guys, in- she's like an actual real singer. Like I know how people say, like I like to sing. No, like she's a real actual singer. So it sounds cute when she's saying that, but it's not really cute. Do you have music on your page? At the end of this, she's going to tell us her Instagram handle because she wants you to follow her so that she can become an influencer. But are you going to tell Do you have music on there? Because, like, you say that, like, like, I like to sing. I like to sing. You, like, are a true, actual singer. That's so sweet. Uh, no, I don't. I don't know. You know, I, I maybe I will. You, you should. should. Like, that's, like, a true, like, you are a real singer like some of us like to sing but like you like actually sing like the rest of us maybe not we're like shower singers you know there there are categories we are all singers Mm -hmm. some of us sing outside some of us sing inside i'm an amazing top-notch shower singer it's girl belted Mm -hmm. i guess what's your favorite shower song um oh that's a really good question and depends on like what kind of mood I'm in so like if I'm feeling like excited then maybe I'm gonna sing like something Rihanna like you know just like you are just ready to go and like be oh, nasty yeah. like that kind of thing oh right I mean, yeah. but then like if I don't feel ha- like if I'm feeling like emotional like sometimes I like to sing Hamilton in the shower like oh I love I can't remember what it's the one where the wife Eliza figures out that he cheated on her that shit oh burn oh, not burn that girl that gets girl me. I like yes. have literally cried listening to that song and I'm just I feel like I'm Eliza's friend I am like this motherfucker I can't believe like I was I hurt her. Jeff was like, yo, I'm not cheating on you because you're going to burn all the letters. Why you sing that song? It's such a, it's a really, really, really good one. I love it. it so that's like one of my favorites. What about, what do you like to sing? Um, So I, I mean, I have grown up singing it all from, you know, singing in the church to, you know, singing more like classical. Um, I, but I realized later on in life that I'm obsessed with musical theater. But what's funny is you didn't do as much musical theater as me or like, no, no, no. That's so crazy. No. Yeah, definitely. Not until my mid twenties that I ever do a musical, um, you know, unfortunately, you know, sometimes the challenges of public education, there, there weren't that many opportunities, you know, you know, you know, you were outside in the suburbs getting educated mm-hmm. where they did the musicals and invested in there. And that's not where they invested in the city. And so I didn't really even have the opportunity. But as soon as I did, like I was, you know, I was loving Les Mis and Into the Woods. And so that's one thing I'm excited about for post COVID life. You know, I'm just imagining it. I want to go continue to, to do musicals. I think it'd be fun. You really should. OK, so last question about musicals. And then we're getting into the New Year's <laughs> resolution. <laughs> What if you so next year, what musical would you like to be in? If like it doesn't matter if it's really gonna happen or not, but like if your heart was to speak to the universe, what would it what would it have you in? And then what would you like to be cast as? Ooh. Okay. Ooh, okay, so it's a really good one. Okay. This is really embarrassing, but I'm just gonna put it out there because okay, I'm ready. Because you know, girl, we have to talk. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have always loved Hairspray. Oh, that's a good one. Right? Okay. Um, the role, my dream role, but I will never be cast in because then it really fucks up the whole like premise of the show would be uh, Tracy Turnblad, obviously. I genuinely feel like, 
you know, my whole life of being kind of a like pudgy, like fun, loud girl. That is, that is me, but I can never be cast with her because she has to be white, whatever. So I, you know, I would, you know, I'll be the, you know, motor mouth Mabel. I wonder though, like, I wonder if now like we could figure out how to do that show and, and change it a little bit. I mean, it would take away from the actual show. But right, I, I'm like, it's, it actually matters that she's white. I know, but, like, don't you wish it didn't? <laughs> yeah, no, no, I definitely do. I, I mean, especially, like, growing up, I was like, that's the perfect, like, she is somebody that I actually could see myself as mm-hmm. and could do, like, you know, without, you know, getting colorful about it. Um, so, yes, like, I was like, I want to be Tracy. But what, would it also be kind of cool, too, if they still casted you and then we just had to literally watch the show without even thinking about it. Like, you were telling us that you're yeah. this white girl and, like, we just have to believe you and be on that fucking journey with you. Like, we just have Ooh. to be in the journey of you being a white person. Like, I think that might be kind of cool. That's real. Okay, okay. I appreciate that push. Yeah, like, and I'm, like, that. less offended by that. Like, I know a lot of people will be like, well, then is it okay? Like, there was somebody who was like, well, then should all the white people be cast in Roots? And I was like, I feel like you're kind of, like, taking it far, but I don't know why you need to take it there. I just think, yeah. I mean, but you know what? That might be an interesting premise, too. I'm not opposed to seeing that and, like, just seeing, like, if you watch that happen, because I remember you, no, I was not in school with you yet. In fifth grade, our teacher, her name was Mrs. Sparkle, literally made all of us watch Roots. And obviously we knew about slavery, but like, that's like the first time I ever was like, whoa, this is real fucked. I can't believe she let us watch that in fifth grade. But like, I wonder if like, it was horrible, but great. It was horrible and great. But like, we watched the whole thing. I don't even like, I wonder if our parents had to sign a permission slip. I don't know. Mm. There was like a rape in that. Anyway. It was, a lot. it was a lot. My mom made us watch it at home because it would come on like every night during Black History Month. Mm-hmm. And I was like, do we have to watch it every year? Like, it's sad every year. <laughs> every like, year. I don't, every year. It, like, it's still, still sad. sad. Still sad. And she's like, yep, you need to watch this every year. Yes. I mean, and I appreciate it. I mean, ultimately, I appreciate it. But gosh, it is just, it's, it's not for the fainted heart. Right. So then my point was that, like, maybe, like, what if they did cast all the white people as slaves and then the black people as their slave owners? Like, I wonder, like, what that would be like to watch. I think it would be oh really uncomfortable. And then make it a musical. And then would you like, like to be cast in that? <laughs> no, I am out. I am out. I am out. I am out. No slave narratives for me. Thank you. I was like, watch. I was talking to somebody about that. I was like, listen, I. We were, I was, uh, you have not watched this yet, but there's a show on Netflix called Bridgerton, which I'm assuming by the time this comes out, most people will have watched it. You're very late. It's like super popular, but it's like an interracial, no, it's really good. You would like it. It's an interracial cast and they kind of, they do identify, like, they're like, yes, this is a black person. This is a white person, but it's unusual because it's like in the 1813s and that the queen is black and like, there is a Duke that's black and like, we're just living in the world of this is normal and so somebody was just like really like in like was commenting and they were like so offended by it they were just like why can't things just ever be just white people and I was like well there's a lot of things that are just white people I don't know if you've noticed but it's a lot but quite a few quite a few I could tell you some shows if you're if you are lonely and you would like to watch something I have a couple of things to suggest starting with my personal favorite I love Dawson's Creek you could watch that 
Mm. Uh, I never got into that. Oh, anyway, that's a whole different story and sad for you. But you should watch Bridgerton. Okay. It's really good. Um, but it's like a really diverse cast. And I was talking to one of my friends and she was just like upset that one of the cast members who happens to be black, she got cast and like her um, person was pregnant. And I was like thinking about it. She was like, well, why? Like, it sucks that the like one of the black characters has to be shown in this light. And I actually was thinking about like why I wasn't offended by it. And I think I was like, it's fine because we got to have a black queen, a black Duke, there's black servants, but there's like, it's so mixed that I was like, excited that she did like she got to be a person like that it was like she was allowed to have a personality that had some flaws and had maybe made some wrong choices but it wasn't like she was the only black person there so now it's like okay well you're the only black person safe to carry that with you it like uh, like having that diverse of a cast allowed her to have space to not be perfect which was actually very nice to watch um so I would suggest it I'm sad for you that you haven't seen it yet it's very good I'm definitely going to try. It's on Netflix. Gonna, you would I'm like it. It's a romance. Like, it's a romance. So, like, if you... I'm only watching Survivor these days. So, oh, I'm going to try to edit my rotation. Oh, my goodness. But I have 30-some-odd episodes of, of Survivor to catch up on. So. Okay. Well, and then, you know, put it on the next list after that, okay? And you okay, report back to do. me about how you like it. Okay. So, let's talk about your New Year's resolution. What is it? Ooh, okay. I warned you about this. You did. You did. I no. I mean, you know. Okay, my New Year's resolution is really. It's interesting. Um, I think that's a loaded question because I think for as long as I can remember, my New Year's resolution has been about um, weight mm-hmm. loss. Um, but this year, it's really around um, like taking doing the thing that doing things that I'm afraid of and specifically um, really interested in like launching some type of coaching and consulting business. That. And that's the thing that I'm afraid of. And so that's what I want to do this year. So why are you afraid of doing that? Why am I afraid? Um, I think a few things. Uh, it's interesting. I'm like at work, I am definitely like an alpha and I very much am like, if I was the CEO or if I was the executive director, I'd do blah, blah, blah. And it was funny. I was thinking about this on my drive today. I was like, you know, when you're running your own business, you know what? If you're, you are the CEO. And all of a sudden, all those decisions and all the risks that you take become so much more scary. Mm-hmm. And you're like, actually, maybe not. So I don't know. I think there is, a, I would say what undergirds it all is like a fear of failure, right? I mean, I have been successful in my career, but the idea of stepping out on faith and believing in, you know, what I have and what I have to contribute is, it, I, like, is, is audacious. And I think in some ways, there is a part of me that has self-doubt that what I have to offer isn't going to be good enough and, and won't take off. And in coming to terms with that seems like, seems scary. And when I think about it, I'm like, that's dumb, right? you will absolutely fail if you don't even try. Like you, that is a hundred percent true that nothing will happen if you don't even um, make an effort to try. But, um, but I would be lying lying if I didn't say that there is a big part of me that has this like negative self-talk of self-doubt. And it has held me back, but I have been feeling bolder in my life as I've taken steps to kind of, move my life forward in other ways. And so I want to challenge myself to do that this year with my career. That's really exciting. I feel like 
you definitely, I mean, I think you just have to allow yourself to some room to figure things out as well. Like realizing that like your first idea or not your first idea, but like your first runaround of doing it may not be perfect. And you'll probably learn as you go, but just like being committed to not quitting and saying like, that's going to be your, your goal. Like, I think if you definitely want that to work for yourself, I feel like it's definitely possible. You just have to be committed to the process and like decide that you really want to do it. Yeah. And I think that that part is huge too. this idea of like, this is not like a apply to the Mm -hmm. job, get the job you've arrived, right? Like there's this, I mean, to, you know, call my cousin into this conversation, Michelle Obama, Mm -hmm. I just think this, that there's going to be this constant evolution and constant striving to become in this, in this role. Um, And so, and that feels different than the very concrete achievements that I've had in other parts of my life. And that's, that's also scary. There's also uncertainty in that. So I, I agree. I think I need to be more uncomfortable more comfortable with the uncomfortable nature of being in constant flux and evolution and learning and applying and failing and winning um, kind of all at the same time. Yeah, I think so. And I think that the more you practice that, you'll be able to do it. I feel like it'll be, I'm thinking it'll just be really interesting for you because you're one of the only people I know who like you graduated from college and you have been at the same job not in the same role you've grown exponentially and you've expanded your education and everything but you've stayed really grounded in that organization which I feel like when you have to go out and do your own thing I think that's going to be really great because where you work is so it's aligned with what you want to do and I think you've seen something like from the bottom up not that you were at the bottom but like sort of no, I mean, I'd certainly, I, I want like seeing how it can work and like what things you have to put in there. And this will just give you an even higher level view. Maybe you'll run your own company for a couple of years and then decide to go back to where you are in a higher position. Yeah, 100%. I think the other thing that has been on my mind, and this is more shady than I would oh, want it wow. to be, but like, shady. shady's not like the right word, but I, also feel like this is a time where like everybody and their mom is starting their own. Mm -hmm. And so it also feels at least in my circle and in my world. And that's not to like knock that at all. Like, man, I'm not anybody's hustle, but it can be hard to feel like in that environment that you have something unique. Definitely. Right. And so I think that's the thing also that's weighing on me in a different way than it would have in the past. Cause I don't know. I think we're seeing folks, in this COVID time, have more time to mm-hmm. think, um, get to be entrepreneurial, to take risks. I mean, either out of necessity or just straight up like ambition. And I think that also is uh, something that makes me think, you know, maybe if everybody else is doing it, maybe this isn't my moment, but it is my moment. I'm doing it. I feel like you should though, because another thing that I noticed, um, well, that was, is being predicted in the workforce planning is that a lot of organizations are going to be looking for individuals to come in for project work um, and temporary. Mm-hmm. And I think that that kind of hooks on to what you want to do from a consulting perspective. There's going to be an increase yeah. of people looking for what you want to do. So, you know, I don't think it's a bad time. I think that the market is shifting to kind of going in your way as well. And I think that also organizations want to be able to have a unique voice. Um, And like, what better way? Like you have somebody who wants to come in and consult 
is in aligned like with your business practices and tech I mean I don't want to say where you work but like where you work is basically the gold standard so having that and being like I can bring you what I know from that but then also like my additional experience in life and just like all of these other things that I can cater to your org I think that's really attractive Mm, well I know I appreciate that I was um hanging out with my cousin this week um which one Michelle Obama and yes Michelle um no JK um not that one um she was a little tied up for the holidays but I was yeah hanging out with one of my cousins she works for um a charter school district in um Pennsylvania and just was reflecting on the 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 to your point the need for consultants mm-hmm. the need for experts in specific areas and it just made me realize like I'm not just I don't need to just be competing for opportunities right. in Chicago and I might be feeling like the market's super saturated in Chicago but like the market isn't saturated everywhere and so I just can think bigger than mm-hmm. the city um, especially in these times where being boots on the ground isn't even as necessary. Um, we all know how to use yes, it now. Yes, people have to um, it out. <laughs> just people are much more open to virtual work. And so, I don't know, that kind of blew, that really, that gave me that mm-hmm. additional push. So, I don't know. That's, that's what I want to do. I want to start my own something. Yeah. Um, I don't know that it'll ever be full time. I'm not making But you just know you there, wanted to start wanna it. Try. Well, and you know, another thing yeah. I'll mention too, just as a final note before we jump into why we decided to chat today. I do think too, my mom is like the first person to say this. Like I was talking to her about something else like related to this, but she was like, for once, like she's a little bit older, not that much older though. She's like 50, but she's like, honestly, right now, she's like, it is a great time to be black. And it's a great time to be a Black woman, too. I do think that there's a lot of organizations that are going to be really excited to work with somebody like you because they are now learning that they can really not just speak the language of wanting diversity, but, like, actually the value of having it. Um, So I think that that's going to be a help, too, which I know people feel, like, super uncomfortable with saying that. But I just think it's true. And I think that you're going to find a lot of success in 2021. Well, that means a lot to me, Iris, and I, I agree. Um, this is this is our time. It's our time. It's our yes, time. please start a march. Um, it sounds like. Uh, <laughs> okay, so here's why we talk not about work, um, not about work, not about musicals. You just had something. You just did something. I don't want to say you just had something because it did not happen to you. You made a choice. This was very no, active. I did. So tell us what happened. What did you choose to do? So I had um, bariatric surgery. Now, what is that? So bariatric surgery is a surgery that is uh, focused on um, supporting someone's weight loss. It is for folks who have tried all the things, um, whether that be uh, medically supervised weight loss, weight loss medications, uh, lifestyle modification, like they've done things and they have done it for a while and the results have been limited um, or have been very Mm -hmm. yo-yo and their BMI is at a level that uh, would support um, them taking more drastic measures to um, reduce their weight. Well, I don't want to say awesome because I know that that's actually like a really big deal. So how did you... 
Like, tell us the journey. How did you hear about this? Like, I feel like we've all heard about this before. Um, Like, it's very mainstream. Everyone knows about this type of surgery. But how did you start thinking to yourself, like, this might be something that I want to do? And then, like, how did you get to having it? Yeah, so... Um, I mean, I, you know, we've, we've been friends since sixth grade. So you've known that for as long as you've known me, I've been overweight. Um, and I, I mean, I will say in full transparency, as you, as you need to affirm on this podcast in front of all of our friends that I would say for the most part, like I still, it wasn't like, you know, I was like tormented because of my weight. Like I've never had that story. Um, but I've always been just keenly aware that I was larger than some of my friends. Um, and I, so I feel like ever since I was like young, I was always mm-hmm. trying something, whether it was, I'm going to like, in high school, I was like, I'm going to join the volleyball team, um, just so that I can like learn how to like work out. Um, I did get cut after three days. So that was unsuccessful. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't tell very many people. Yeah, I, it was like death for three days. And then the coach just came over and was like, it's, it's a wrap for you. So that that strategy didn't work. Um, and I think something important to know is like, I've also had a very supportive family, but my family uh, is a very Southern Black family. Like we're eating like, you know, greens and cornbread and fried chicken and blah, 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 so on and so, so forth growing up. And my mom actually... Um, has always been very, was always very, very, very thin. And so something that was true was that she, when she had a baby, she was like, I like don't want to have a baby that, I don't want my child to, to grow up and be this like skinny black girl. Like in terms of our like culture's beauty standard, being as thin as she was, didn't feel desirable. And she I was just talking to somebody I about do... that. I was just saying like how yeah. there's another episode that's going to come out this month. It's either going to be before this episode or right after it. And I was talking to my one of my white friends and I was saying like their beauty standards are very different from ours. Uh, you know, like I'm looking at mm-hmm. Meg Thee Stallion, I'm looking at Cardi and they're like looking at Gigi Hadid. And I'm like, if that was my expectation, yeah. I'd be very like scared. But anyway, continue. A hundred percent. Despite the fact that I thought that was incredibly affirming, I do say that she cursed <laughs> me um, to be doomed to be chunky. But, um, but my mom was also very supportive. Um, so in college, I was like, uh, oh my gosh, like maybe I'll just do Jenny Craig. So I did Jenny Craig for a summer between like my sophomore and junior year. And I lost the free 20 pounds and then went back to college and got back to college life. And that wasn't the like thing that I thought it was going to be. Um, like when I was in St. Louis and I was teaching, I was like, I'm going to like start going, sign up for this gym and do personal training. Um, and that was like, that was fun and I started to get active, but it didn't have the results that um, I was looking for. And so like, what I hope you hear is that like, there was just like these lots of fits and starts of trying to, to figure out something with my weight. Um, when I came home to Chicago um, to begin my career at my current job that I've been at for the last eight years, um, I kind of uh, was on the fast track to promotion and, and leadership and I'll be honest with you, um, both like the demands of work, but also the like trauma mm-hmm. of losing my mom had a huge uh, impact on 
had a huge impact on my like self-care. My, it had it, I like essentially was pouring everything into work. Um, I had like really absorbed some really bad habits. And so I was already, you know, predisposed to being um, on the bigger side of things. And then um, with the kind of like maladaptive life habits over those eight years, um, just saw myself continuing to to gain, gain more and more weight. Um, to the point that I kind of like met with my endocrinologist and was like, "Hey, let's have a conversation. Hey, I'm 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 getting up there. What what should we do?" Um, so we did a lot of like tests to kind of just kind of get a sense of what was you know what was the lay of the land for me. And we did find out that I had a hypoactive thyroid, and so we treated that. Um, and so she suggested like try some um, what was called Tucinia, which was a weight loss medication. I'll give you a little like quick and dirty on that. It just straight up, it, it was effective early on. Um, I would say I lost about 30 pounds. Um, but the reality is weight loss medications all have mm-hmm. really serious side effects. And for me, um, that looked like uh, having real serious depression. Um, and that was, it was so maladaptive and caught, it was both depression and, and extreme anxiety. Those two things together made it impossible for me to continue on that route. Um, and so that was no longer an option for me. My endocrinologist though, while she wanted to try us to try literally everything. And frankly, I was not on board mm-hmm. with getting weight loss surgery. I was like, nah, I'm not getting weight loss surgery. Let's try these pills. Um, that seems like less invasive. Um, I think she knew, given what my BMI was at that time, that the medication was not going to get me to where I fully needed to be. So she wanted to try it as a kickstart. But honestly, I think she knew that we were going to be having this conversation at some point about bariatric surgery. Um, So I said, I want to say, time goes on. We're on this medicine for about a year. And I have to tell my doctor that I have to get off of it. And uh, for about five or six months, I stopped seeing her. um, And... I was just like seeing myself gain more and more weight. And it honestly just, it scared me. Um, I remember being in a training at work and we were talking about this idea of like systems change. In my work, Iris, you know, I work in education and particularly uh, serving black and brown kids in Chicago. And the the conversation that we were having was about the fact that like, in some ways, like, without changing systems of inequity, um, we will never fully see the potential Mm -hmm. of our black and brown kids, right? Like, you teachers can teach as hard as they want to, social workers can work as hard as they want to. But at the end of the day, the system will do what it's intent, what it's supposed to do. Um, and for some reason at that moment in time, it was activating for me because it was the first time that I made that same connection to like what is happening with black and brown students in my work that I cared so much about to what was going on with me and my body. Um, I could try all of these like fits and starts, but at the end of the day, what was true is that my body operates differently than others. Um, that like all of us are not like, we are not all just like equal in the ways that our bodies work, our metabolisms, our hormones, and all of those things, our genetics. And the reality is, like, I could see fits and starts of weight loss, but I was never going to be Mm -hmm. my sister's size. 
um, who is a, sm a much smaller, smaller person. And that in fact, I was going to actually need a systems change if I wanted to see fundamentally different results. That made sense to me, right? Like I, I like spend a lot of time in my work, but I don't spend a lot of time on myself and my ability to apply that to myself, right. like which game changing. And so with that, I emailed my endocrinologist who probably like screamed at her computer. And I was like, please give me a referral to a bariatric surgeon. And so from there, um, that's when the so, journey started. Okay, so now you've had your surgery. Um, how was your recovery from that? Yeah, well, I think it's important to know that while I got the referral um, from my endocrinologist, and that's when the journey began, it actually was a full, almost a full year um, before I actually Yeah, there was a lot of work that you had so, to do. Yeah, I, which honestly, I was not fully prepared for. I was like, no, you don't like today's the day. Like, oh, did that... I was so ex <laughs> I was so excited for my initial appointment. It was like three hours with the psychologist and the nutritionist and then the surgeon. And I was like, wait, so like, do we do it now? And they were like, no, actually, there's a lot that has to get done. So I mean, from like sleep studies to blood tests to so on and so forth, lots happened over the year. Um, mm -hmm. So I had the surgery and recovery. Um, Okay. I think everybody's experience is different. I, on my, my Instagram handle where I like engage with lots of other folks who have had surgeries, I feel like my experience, it sometimes feels like, I don't know, did I even have surgery? Um, the first like couple mm -hmm. days I was really sore. My, I have six, six incisions. I had, the surgery was laparoscopic. So and it was done robotically. And so they, ha they make six incisions into my stomach to, um, to cut 80% of my stomach out and to do some rewiring of my intestines and shorten them. Um, and so I was sore from that. Lots of folks usually like have lots of like gas pains. I didn't really have that. I felt I had a little bit of nausea early on. Um, and I did poop on that my happens. Couch. Um, the first day, like it did happen. It was really disgusting. Jeff was sitting like, so I fell asleep. It was like maybe my first day home. I fell asleep on the couch. Jeff was sitting next to me. I wake up and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> Jeff, I just shit on myself. He was like, somebody where you're like, bro, I just shit on myself. <laughs> I literally just shit on myself. I just shit on our couch. Um, to where he then goes. Well, okay, Bless him. we have to look at the bright side and at least we know you can because that was like my first bowel movement after surgery which was it's a big no, deal was just um but we don't oh shit do we need a no, new couch not. anyway we, we we got it <laughs> okay we, we got it treated we're we're, we're good. that's like my um, biggest concern I'm like <laughs> but it smelled terrible it was a really rough situation <laughs> a really rough situation oh my um God, he cleaned it, it up he was the best thing that's when I knew See, these are the moments where I'm like, Jeff, like you really your are person. just everything. So sweet. But he's my person. But yeah, I mean, oh, I mean, so we had, so in order to, ooh, couple things that were just kind of awful. In order to not get blood clots, you have to inject yourself in the stomach um, with these like blood, like, I don't know, anti-blood clots. I was just for is a what I'm going to call them. Oh. Okay. No, for like two weeks, two times a day. That was pretty awful. It didn't hurt, but it just, I mean, just it, like have to inject something in yourself two times a day. That was a lot. And then the other thing was in order to not get blood clots, you're supposed to walk. 
And somehow walking around the block was the most terrible experience ever to have to like oh my god walk up and down stairs. It was terrible. But but ultimately, like I would say after the first two weeks after surgery, I actually was mm-hmm. physically doing really well. The challenge actually was, and I'm so grateful that one of my friends who had had surgery pushed me to take a full month off um, because the real mm-hmm. work is learning how to eat. Um, and I didn't realize like, literally you're like a baby again in terms of like moving from like after surgery, like a liquid to a puree. Like I had puree yes. chicken. It's disgusting. Don't, don't try it anyone unless you have to puree to, to like finally eating like very soft foods, like oil, like, um, like a scram- light scrambled egg um, to then finally eating my first solids. And so the relearning how to eat, recognizing this like head hunger versus like physical hunger, realizing that like life is going to be different on the other side of this. Like you're not going to be able to just like hit Uber Eats for your like Mm-hmm. pizza at nine o'clock anymore oh my goodness. By the totally. like those were the things yeah those were the things that well um, I feel like due like, to really COVID like not having the pressure to always be like let's go out to eat because I feel like that's so just something that I do a lot um like if I'm just like wanting to hang out with a friend I'm like let's get together and do lunch or something like that like that's not an option right now so that probably saved you a little bit of annoyance like you don't have to always be going out to eat yeah, no, I 100% agree. I think, especially early on, I think, well, so you know this to be true. My sister got married like a week before I had surgery. And so I was already on the pre-op diet. And the so I didn't realize how much the social pressure of eating with folks, I don't, it, it's, 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 I don't know. I, I challenge you to think about the next time you go out to eat with someone, how much of it, it, how much of it is because you are actually like really hungry or because mm-hmm. you want to be doing the thing that other yes. people are doing or that like humans if you, are doing. like you watch what you're ordering um, and I, I feel like yeah. sometimes I want to eat a little bit healthier but like I feel like I kind of don't want to announce that to people I'm just like I just and then you're just but like if you're out yeah. you're like, okay can I have an iced tea without like any like lemon and shit like anything in it um, and they can have like a salad or something. Then people are like, oh, are you on a diet? Are you watching what you, and then you have to like explain it. And then the next time you see them yeah. when you have a Big Mac and it's like, oh, so you're not on a diet anymore. Oh my God. It's like, oh, that's you're, on a diet. And you're just yep. like, okay, do I even want to go down this road with these fucking people or not? So anyway, no, I, I get it. Food. You, I don't have a, I haven't had a surgery, but the pressure is real. Yeah. Or like not eating. I mean, like literally I can eat four to six ounces. And so I I mean, that also is, is strange to people like, like, bitch, did you come to eat? Like, what are you doing? Like, why are you taking yeah, And I think that meal? it's just, we all have to like, stop doing that shit to people. Like, just let people be glad for the presence of another and don't question what they're doing. Yes. Um, it's a personal journey. Just, so, okay. So you have been like, you've done all of this. I don't want to keep you for too long because we've already been talking for 40 minutes and nobody likes to listen to these for too long. So I want to ask you two more things before we end our call. One, so you've had your surgery now for what is it, like 90 days? It's a little bit longer. So on the January 11th. Okay, so about four months in, how much weight have you lost, if you don't mind sharing? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, um, that is amazing. Not because, like, first of all, 
you I was looking yeah. at you the other day I was like who is this bitch I mean you look really good but also though like <laughs> you sound like you feel so much healthier and like you I think that like getting the surgery a lot of people will be like oh you should just be happy at any size whatever I feel like for you this was like a mental roadblock for you and like the lifting of this like needing yeah. to care about your weight all the time has allowed you to it sounds like now you're able to say like, I want to try new things. I want like, it just has made you more bold because you've had this one thing that you felt was holding you back lifted. Um, and obviously everything's different for different people, but it sounds like this has been really great for you. 110%. I would say like, I don't know, like I go on my walks, you know, we had our, we have our like sunrise soldiers in terms of working out. Are you going to be I mean, a like, I didn't realize that, I didn't like you going to really show up. <laughs> I'm going to show up, but I'd also like you to know that I bought I really wanted one. Are you going to send, send so, me the link? Because, like, I've been telling yes. you, like, they sent me a thing for a soul cycle bike because, you know, they have soul cycle bikes now. And I'm just like, do I want to get a soul cycle bike? Like, I really want one. And I want to get a Peloton membership just because I actually am a person who likes, like, workout classes, not because, yes. I, like, I just enjoy them and I can't go. Yeah. Um, but that's exciting. No, 100%. 100%. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, those are things I'd never do. It was funny. I was hang out with my sister yesterday and <laughs> this is really random but like there's all these cool mind things that are happening now so I the escalators at this like mall that we were at weren't working and my <laughs> old reaction would have been like bitch where the fuck is the elevator right like where is the elevator and I like I like actually verbalized that I was like I'm not walking up those stairs and then I stopped and I was like I can walk up those stairs. And it's not that I couldn't walk up the stairs mm -hmm. before, but it really was physically taxing. Um, and then my, my sister was just like, wow, like watching your brain change to like, be like, you can do the thing that you were saying you cannot do or that you've to been telling yourself for so long you can't do it has just been really cool. And so, yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like it's like a weight's been lifted, especially because it has felt like, the one thing that I could just never mm -hmm. change and I changed that shit. And so that, I think that's what gives me even more confidence in this idea of like going out on my own and starting a business. Like never had I ever thought I was going to ever like lose the weight or be on a path to the like weight I wanted to be in. And I am on that path. And so I'm hoping I think it's going to happen for with, you. With um, don't forget on January 2nd, you need to be up and ready to do our, our six-week workout plan. I'm going to text you guys about it. Okay. I will. And then you're going to have to remember okay, tell, that we're going to try to do a mad fit thing once a month. <laughs> Imagine when you're going to be loving. Okay, let's like, just, you're do just it. love let's that do workout it. sooner or later. Um, okay. The last thing I want to ask you is where can everybody find you? I think a lot of people would be interested to kind of like follow your journey if this hit home for them. I did an episode a couple weeks ago, which wasn't about weight or body positivity or anything like that. But I just like happened to mention something about it. And it was like really attractive to people not because I think a lot of people resonate with that. And they like don't talk about it because I actually almost think it's, it's almost shameful now to be ashamed of your body. And I think that people, you know, have a hard time mm. saying like they're not happy you know or that they have some insecurities or that you know they want to change it because I feel like we've moved towards acceptance and it almost feels bad to want to have a weight loss surgery or to like want to lose weight like it feels almost negative either way now 
So I think a lot of people would be interested to follow you and your journey, even if they're not getting a surgery, just because I think it's insightful and I think it's inspiring. No, for sure. I would love, I would love for folks to come follow me on my journey and to cheer me on. Um, truly, it is a, a journey with ups and downs. Um, and I'd love that support. And so my handle on Instagram is my shot M Y S H O T like Hamilton, my shot 2020. Um, so I would love, I would love that support. And I, I would just also add like one of, I, I talk a lot about the serious stuff in terms of um, my weight loss surgery, but I would say it's also, you've heard about the man in my life that I love Jeff. Um, and I feel like my little, my relationship with him and our intimacy has changed so dramatically mm -hmm. in terms of my, even my own confidence. So I just feel like um, to your point around uh, the impact it has had on me, I would say that's an area that I, I love that. really, really oh, enjoyed. Sure and I think he has too. Uh, maybe we'll just have an episode about intimacy <laughs> because I feel like that would be great. So I'd love to have you back on in the future and we can kind of see how you're doing. Okay. Well, it was really good talking to you. I'll yes. talk to you soon, I'm sure. Okay, thank you for coming. Talk to everybody oh, later. Girl. Bye, friends.